1: Videos, the Osbiers COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 13th of October. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in markets and business. I'm Nadine Blaney here with Kyle Rada. Kyle? Yes. There is an inflation read tonight. Should we just say that's it? We'll see you tomorrow.
0: We're gonna call it, yeah. It's another plate day on the markets. It's all you need to know. Um, have a good night.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, just for the sake of our viewers, maybe we should uh, go into just a little bit more detail. But yeah. I think it is right to say that this is such an important read for markets. I mean, I just had a chat with Fraser McLeod. He's in Adelaide, he's setting his clock, he's gonna be up for this inflation oh, read be like because midnight it's, over there, it's it? going yeah, pretty much eleven yeah. thirty. It's it's going to be um so Instrumental in determining the, you know, the direction of markets going forward. The market really wants to see um, an easing in the rate of inflation. Uh, well will that be seen it's 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 hard to say
0: it's simple as that uh, one thing that i'd be interested to see is if we get a headline print that is weaker than expected but a core print that is stronger than expected what the market reaction would be cuz i keep asking guests you know what's more significant what's more important to the fed policy Th- there seems to be slightly divergent views most say that the headlines probably more important because that's what you know consumers have to deal with and pay and all that kind of stuff um, but you know the core side of things points to probably more demand side factors things that aren't as volatile like energy and food So my curious little economics nerd mind says I'd like to to see that. Um, I think unequivocally, investors just want to see everything down, everything lower.
1: Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? Really? It's been a tough few days, you know, for investors. After all that exuberance last week when the RBA hiked rates by a more modest 25 (laughs) basis points, I mean, the rally did not last. And again, one of the big questions is, um, you know, have equity markets bottomed? You know, what's the consensus on that one?
0: Well, I mean, I don't know if I can find a particular consensus, but I guess what we're talking about is high volatility and market positioning, and that takes us to a guest that I did speak to today who had a, well, some analysis on it.
1: Who is it? Pray tell.
0: (laughs) Alistair McLeod, Wheelhouse Partners. We had a discussion about volatility, what the options market and positioning is suggesting about the way sentiment is at the moment and what that could suggest for future activity. Also compares... uh, Bond market volatility, so the move index, which is actually higher than where it was at the pandemic, uh, at the start of the pandemic, which is remarkable, um, with the VIX too. So we have a very deep conversation about that because obviously in these sorts of mar- markets like we saw last week, positioning can drive these rallies, sucker some people in and then well, we end up back here.
1: Yeah, well, you can catch that interview on our website or the app. Alistair McLeod from Wheelhouse Partner. He's been joining us you know, since the beginning of Biz, and I've got a lot of uh, time for his analysis and yeah. his strategic talk on market. That's yeah, so fantastic. That's one to listen out for. Um, look, we spoke with Sam Ruiz from T. Rowe Price today. I think that is obviously worth a listen, get his thoughts on market direction and where things potentially could be headed and really taking global view there. Um, but just to get local for a moment, um, as far as this market here today, we saw some pretty interesting moves, I thought, in terms of the banks. I mean, the banks did moving really higher. well today. Yeah. We saw Westpac up by 2.5%, NAB up by 2%, and some of that commentary coming in the wake of Bank of Queensland's results yesterday. So Jardin, for example, saying that what we're seeing being reflected in the banks is this nim expansion because of rising rates. Yeah. Um and we're talking a lot about that cliff that we talked about with fixed incre- interest rates, uh, you know, that's, that's positive for the bank. So again, Fraser McLeod sort of at the end of the session saying banks have been quietly doing, you know, good things. And so that's one sector to watch stock specifics. Uh, Kyle, we saw Qantas up by more than 8% today. Mm. Um, look again, Fraser, I feel like I'm name dropping, but it's just really fresh in my mind. Um, he, he's, he thinks it's just fantastic. This update coming from Qantas really loves the story, yeah. really loves the stock mm. and said that if it wasn't for this upcoming inflation read and the general market malaise, that uh, we would have seen the share price even higher off the back of this news.
0: Yeah, right. No, it's interesting. I mean, I think, what was it? They brought the f- brought forward their, their um, projections for po- yep. uh, profitability by about six months. So, that's always a good sign. And I think the numbers were even maybe slightly more bro- robust. Um, mm mm-hmm. 1.9 billion sticks out in my head, but that might be the loss that they posted last year. Anyway, um, investors clearly welcomed it, like you said, up, up 8%. So, good news story for the day.
1: Yeah, and um, yeah, talking about, because obviously fuel comes to mind, but saying yeah. that just the increase in demand has obviously, you know, helped to offset that some of the That was interesting,
0: yeah. that they be, Well, I mean, I'm trying to book flights this weekend down to Melbourne to, to see the dearly beloved. Um, and they're expensive, like much more expensive yeah. than where they would be um, pre-pandemic. But... Obviously, um, so suckers like me continue on to uh, to, to, to pay up uh, for those flights, even despite the fact that clearly, you know, rising costs are, are feeding through to, to high prices to, again, suckers like me.
1: You know what? Or it's people who just have a lot going on in their lives. Yeah, you know, those I'm just a really people, complex person. People. But, I mean, we saw it in the – I think I mentioned it on the podcast yesterday, the CBA spending intentions. You know, we're all – I mean, I feel it. I, I'm just chomping at the bit, you know, to mm. go anywhere, do anything after yeah. still – um, what's pretty fresh in the mind um, being COVID and lockdowns. Oh
0: yeah, the trauma's still there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, the team has been listening, and if you're interested in Fraser McLeod, he actually gives us three stocks, um, three reasons, companies, I suppose, why we shouldn't dislike this market completely. In fact, three stocks he likes, if I say it another way. That's in the show notes. Also, I just uh, talked about, um, w- well, Sam Riaz. Um, we've also got Zach Riaz um, from Benintree Investment Group. Mm-hmm. But had a chat with him earlier today. He's backing some of those um, energy producers. So that's in the show notes as well. And uh, James White from up Investment Management. Did you talk to him?
0: I had a chat with James White from Lessop Investment Management. And I had a really great... Well, we always have a great chat. He knows I'm, I'm one of his biggest fans. Um, but really interesting. Uh, he has his blog. That the um, title of this particular post was... Uh, Something along the lines of if something breaks in the US, it won't be the US consumer. I bastardized that a little bit. But the point is that um, he sort of analyzes the strength of household balance sheets, why he thinks that uh, the US economy will be much more resilient and why that's giving him reason for optimism. I thought it was a great conversation.
1: I like optimists. Um, yeah, mm. his thesis on the consumer is pretty interesting one. I've had a chat with him about that before. So yeah, yeah I encourage you to take a listen to that. Look, I, I sort of missed a segue earlier. My apologies. Um, <laughs> I just get so excited. Qantas, Qantas being the stock of the day, Kashi sat down with his expert guests. Here's what they had to say.
0: For me, Qantas is not a long term buy and hold stock. You trade it when it's cheap and you sell it when it's expensive. And we're pretty much back at uh, what two year highs. So yeah. in that context, uh, you know, 580 is around the ballpark I'd be selling. For us at the moment, it's definitely a sell because it's just too high and okay. it's not going to go. Like growth over time can't. Good
1: point, mate, the makes on other travel stocks. Absolutely. Of, Hello World's like one a, that's catching Hello- our eye. Yeah. So there you have it. Uh, that's the call on Qantas from the call episode. If you'd like to listen to the entire episode, you can do so uh, via the show notes or just go on the website or the app. Listen, the other sort of uh, piece of the puzzle today, which I kind of missed, but I think is really interesting, that TM as TSMC saw its third quarter profit jump 80%, beating market expectations. So this is a chip maker, mm. uh, an advanced chip maker. And so it has brought that result in despite a slowdown in the global chip industry, um, which is sort of suffering um you know, from economic headwinds and a potential glut in the market. But it's been such a uh, live area of the market, also because of some of the U.S. restrictions that are being put on um, China in relation to semiconductors. But, yeah, that's one that that came from the Asian session today that is a pretty interesting story.
0: That is an interesting story. I wonder how much of that is just this sort of discount in the price for all this uncertainty around regulatory risks and obviously geopolitical risks as well. I mean, I know the chip makers got slammed. At the start of the week when there was those moves by the Biden administration to sort of curtail, um, you know, China and its ability to acquire, um, well, was it, US chips or have access informa- to information regarding um, those sorts of things. Again, obviously I'm not across the detail, but yep. uh, they got absolutely slammed. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe they, they, they still have the capacity to, to really deliver strong profits despite that.
1: Yeah, well, you know, this is just sort of coming out now, so I don't, yeah. um, you know, don't blame me for not having a lot of detail. But I kind of wonder, because it's such a major supplier to Apple, uh, you know, I wonder if this might be might be as good as it gets for a little bit for TSMC. Yeah. Anyways, we'll continue to, to watch that one. I was looking at breaking news just to see if we had anything else coming from the UK. <laughs> um you know, it's uh, such a live scenario there. Um, borrowing costs, you know, at the 2020 20 year high. So that's heading into a very live European session. Also, always keeping an eye on whatever's coming from Russia and the Ukraine. Mm. Um, so we've got Russian officials, which doesn't sound great, saying that the admission of Ukraine to NATO could lead to a third world war. Well, that's dismal. Not bullish. Not bullish at all. Um, but I think that it's Belly really... Coast. Pardon? Belly coast. Yeah. Uh, known for that. Look, um, <laughs> y- you know, I, th- I think that, though, what w- what we're just sort of trying to do here is make up time until this inflation read. <laughs> yeah,
0: we are. Like, are Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, that's that's all it is. It has been like that all week. It's been so painfully tedious, especially when you see the market take a little bit of a run during the day. And you go, okay, we're up half a percent. There could be something... Um, Something happening here, and then you know we have a close like we did down, you know, a couple of couple of points. We've gone absolutely nowhere, I guess. Across a the region, there is a bit more movement, but there's there are other themes out there, I suppose, in Asia that that are driving prices. You know, especially you know we uh, Asian tech stocks struggling, blah 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 blah. But yeah, it's been four days of uh, waiting.
1: Yeah, waiting. sure has. Um, so listen, if if you're looking for some analysis, I also spoke with Adam Grotzinger from Newberger Berman. And uh, that was a great little analysis of the inflationary environment, uh, how he sees growth going forward, and uh, how they are investing in the bond market, in particular government bonds and corporate bonds. So look, smart cookie. Uh, If you've got any time, you might want to take a listen to that. But um, as always, our website is just a treasure trove of these really great interviews that we get to do throughout the day today. We're so lucky. Kyle? We
0: are lucky, actually. We are lucky. Gratitude. My psychologist always says that you have to practice gratitude. So, okay, the market's not moving; it's not going up,
1: but we're, we're showing gratitude. Look, it can always be worse, couldn't it? Okay, <laughs> so uh, look, I am super keen to get uh, some sleep after this inflation report, and we'll be. But I've been at it bright and early tomorrow. <laughs> See you. Good night. Acast and
0: Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skide skidetræt alle de der podcasts, og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulige ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg
1: ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi af.
0: Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi.
1: Der laver vi sjovt spas med at have den her vidunderlige